Hello and welcome to my show, Shuvra Deb with you, with me, your host, Shuvra Deb. In this show, I will be discussing mental health with the aim of raising mental health awareness in our community and in society as a whole. The genesis of the show is my own pivotal life-changing experience of being in a Category 5 hurricane back in 2017. That experience led me to suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder or PTSD. I am hosting this show in order to let you know that you are not alone if something life-changing has happened to you from which you are struggling to heal. Shuvra Deb With You focuses on a range of topics relevant to mental health and to raising awareness of issues surrounding mental health. Hello everyone and welcome back to Shuvra Deb With You where I help you to prioritize and look after your own mental health and that of those you love and care about. On my show today, I am joined by Faye Lippitt and Jane Moon from the Cayman Islands Pink Ladies Charity. Welcome, ladies. It's so good to have you here. Um, if I could just open with asking you guys to introduce yourselves a little bit. I mean, I know about the charity that you were founded in 1980 by the late Olive Miller, OBE, and Evelyn, is it Andresen? Is that Andresen. Andresen. Yeah. So tell me about your involvement with the Pink Ladies, how it got started, why it was started and what it is that you do. Go ahead. Jane, you go ahead. You've got the most experience. Okay, um, Jane Moon, and um, I moved to the Cayman Islands back in 1985 with my husband, who was a lawyer here. Um, and I got involved with the Pink Ladies. Well, the Pink Ladies were obviously in existence then. They were founded in 1980, and I wasn't really super involved with them then, just on the fringes, and I knew what they did about. Um, they were running the coffee shop at the hospital then, and they had a Christmas bazaar and they did Easter festivities and fashion shows and Mother's Day things and various things. So, but because I was a sort of young, younger person at the time and I had small children, I wasn't that involved with them then. And I got more involved with them after Hurricane Ivan. Um, we were fortunate enough that our house was not damaged and I had help, help with my family. So I was looking around to different charities and knowing a lot of ladies involved in the Pink Ladies, I, I asked them if they needed any help. And got involved from, from then, working, volunteering in the coffee shop at the hospital, and then getting more and more involved, becoming secretary and then director for a while and running the bazaar and um, various things like that. So it's basically a volunteer organization, um, helping in the community, doing things in the community, and to a certain extent a fundraising um, charity for helping, we help particularly the Pines and the NCBO, the Lighthouse School. So we have a focus on older, older folk, um, children, and that we don't really, don't really help just individuals as such in trouble. But um, yes, those are, I think are primary focuses, really. Right. So I'm Faye Lippitt, and I've, I'm a relative newcomer here to the island. I've, we've been here for 12 years. My husband came. He's a chiropractor, Dr. Lippitt. And um, I got involved with the Pink Ladies fairly quickly. I got uh, someone managed to recruit me, and I ended up at the coffee shop, working in the coffee shop while it was still open. Um, I'm now the director. I'm doing the things that Jane has pulled back for from after all these years. I'm the director, and I also work with the, uh, direct the Christmas Bazaar with the help of our very dedicated group of 
Pink Ladies. And by the way, we're known as, if people don't know, the PLVC, the Pink Ladies Volunteer Corps. Uh-huh. PLVC. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh. We are a corps of women who work very hard, give our time and our efforts in order to support charities on the island. And we, we support quite a few. So it's not just charitable efforts from the Pink Ladies as the entity of the charity. You also help other charities. That's correct. We raise, we raise funds and we give them away. We keep nothing. So I have to ask, why only women? Why are only women allowed to volunteer? Why not open it up to men? Well, we are called the Pink Ladies. <laughs> I, mean, I, don't think, I, mean, I think historically, because when it was first founded, um, a lot of the ladies involved were people, were wives of um, men working on island. And, and back in the sort of eight, early 80s and that, it was quite difficult, I think, for wives who'd come here, expat wives, to come here to find work, to, to work. Um, so I think they had time on their hands and the suggestion came up and I think most of the ladies involved were probably probably got involved that was the way that they found their way into the pink ladies yeah and it's just been that way ever since <laughs> um it's not to say that we don't have men helping us from time absolutely. to time um, we certainly have to rope in some men when there's some heavy lifting to be done for the bazaar and um that kind of thing but uh, i think it, at, at at heart it's a it's a ladies ladies group yeah. Yeah. The men are our backup crew yeah <laughs> i like that there you go men there's your opportunity if you wanted to volunteer um I want to talk about the coffee shop. So the Georgetown Hospital had the coffee shop for 35 years. That sadly closed in 2016, um, I understand, due to shortages in volunteers. So two questions arise from that, and Jane, you already touched on it. The coffee shop closed for about three weeks during Hurricane Ivan in 2006, which I think is extraordinary that you were up and running again so quickly after such a devastating storm. So firstly, what was that time like? obviously being, you know, here for Hurricane Ivan, dreadful situation. How did the coffee shop get back up and running so quickly? And then fast forwarding to the present day, or the more recent present, what do you think led to the decline in volunteers, which then led to, sadly, the ultimate closure of the, of the coffee shop in 2016? Yes, and that's a good question. Um, so after Hurricane Ivan, obviously, the, the island was in complete flux. It was, it was a devastating event for the island. Um, Luckily, um, the, hospital, the hospital was very keen, I think, for Pink Ladies to be back there and provide the service that, you know, we've been providing, which is breakfast, lunch, hot meals, drinks and that, snacks and everything for basically the staff in the hospital, but sometimes not necessarily patients, but visitors, and then other people would come in um, knowing that the Pink Ladies were there. So they, they found us fairly quickly um, a temporary um, space, which was very, very small. <laughs> about the size of the recording studio that we're in now. Wow. Um, but we were able to get back in there quite quickly and offer our service again. I think that was probably much appreciated by everybody there because obviously people were struggling. They may not have been living in their own homes. Their homes hadn't been repaired. They didn't have their own you know, um, facilities or whatever um, at home. So to be able to go somewhere and get at least one meal or two meals a day was probably a benefit to the people in the, working in the hospital. Um, so we did that, and eventually, I think we were there. We were there quite a while. I can't remember exactly the time frame, but um, the hospital then re rebuilt the canteen, the cafeteria area, and we were able to move back into there. And it was actually a slightly better facility than we'd been in before. It was slightly upgraded and everything. So we, we were back in there, say, in probably, I don't know if it would be in 2005. It may have been in 2006. 
or even later. Um, and then obviously we stayed there until um, we basically had to close down our operation there. I believe the coffee shop is still up and running. There's been various people who've taken over and run it on a commercial basis ever since. So I think there's, it's not that there's nothing there now. There is something, but it's not the Pink Ladies anymore. Um, so the, ba the sort of basic problem came that we did lack volunteers. And I think that's, as I was explaining before, when the Pink Ladies started up, it was a lot of ladies whose husbands were here working, but they were not working. That situation has changed a lot over the years in that you, mum and dad now, husband and wife, both have jobs. And then I think there's less time um, for volunteering um, in the community. That's not to say that it doesn't happen still. There are still a lot of people out there doing amazing stuff in the community. Um, and also I think there's a sort of move perhaps amongst uh, some people that it's easier to give money than time sometimes. And that, again, it's not, not an issue, but... No, not um, a criticism. You know, it's not a criticism at all. It's just a different way of donating to the community and to charities. Um, so we ended up, as volunteers, in effect, running a business with, I think we had five or six employees. We had all the issues that go with HR and staff management um, and a commitment to, to, to our employees and it all sort of got a bit much <laughs> yeah. to run as a volunteer organization. So um, we made the decision that perhaps we should move on from there while, while we were in a position to do so rather than getting to a point where we just literally couldn't handle it anymore and we had to drop the ball immediately. So it was a sort of, let's do it now while we can until we get into a position where perhaps yeah. are forced to do it. So it was a sort of gradual process and it was... Not a great time to have to let staff go and everything, but, uh, you know, we did everything by the book. And It's probably important to know the history of the coffee shop. When it first began, the women cooked everything themselves. We cooked it, we pre pre they, not we, they cooked it, they prepared it, they served it. And that way they were able to make a very decent income from it. Now, as time progressed, rules changed and we were no longer able to cook our own things and we had to pay for companies to bring the food in. Mm -hmm. So that took a big nip out of our profit, which is understandable. Was that to do with health and safety, food licensing, that kind of thing? That's correct. Rules? Yeah. That's correct. Yeah. And, you know, I understand that. I think everyone understands that. But it made a big difference to our income. And in the end, having to pay other companies to bring the food in and have to pay volunteers to run it, we were making a very, very small profit compared to the amount, number of hours that we were putting in and, again, the number of volunteers that we had. And so um, because of that, as Jane said, we decided to move on. Do you see a situation where you would consider volunteering again starting up again perhaps or has that ship just sailed now i think probably that that probably would be too much to take on i mean we've thought about things like we used to offer a trolley service around the hospital which was which was really well appreciated mm. um so a couple of mornings a week we'd go around with a trolley and that we were given access to all areas of the hospital which was obviously not you know where icu or anything like that where we couldn't visit patients but general wards all the staff offices admin offices um labs and all that kind of thing we'd go around with a trolley with sort of snacks and cakes and drinks and tea and coffee and that kind of thing fruit that people could just buy from you know be at their desks and have something to eat so that was very popular and i mean we've wondered over time whether that would be manageable but um i just don't think it's really going to come about it's, i think we've done we've been at the hospital we've had a good time there and maybe it's yeah other time for others can be there 
Indeed, and there are lots of other things that the Pink Ladies do. The fashion show is one of those things. Tell me a bit about that. Well, Jane, why don't you go on the history of the fashion show? I think you, you know that quite well. Well, it, the fashion show hap has happened over the years, and it's just um, been a fun afternoon event um, where we... It's very it's not professional models, they're amateur models, they're people within the group or contacts or in the in back in the day we had mums and children and that kind of thing. It was a sort of afternoon garden party type affair with um yeah, fashion show and a tea. The pink ladies used to make their traditional tea, so there was sandwiches and cakes and afternoon tea and it was all very genteel and usually held at someone's house actually back in the day. Um more recently it's moved on to a bigger and better event, possibly, um, run by a lady called Veronique Sokol. Sokol, thank you. And um, it's it's a huge, it's a very big event now. It's yeah. A good fundraiser for the for the Pink Ladies, and Veronique does a fantastic job of lining up models and getting all the clothes. And we have a clothes sale that goes alongside it, and um, an afternoon. Been more recently at the Marriott Hotel for a couple of times, isn't it? Was you know um, some donated Prosecco from um, Cayman Distributors, their Rafino brand, um, and nibbles and things like that. So it's turned into a sort of more of an upmarket event, I suppose you'd describe it as, I don't know. It's certainly a larger event. Yeah. It's certainly a larger event. In fact, I believe we had 180 ladies this past one at the Marriott. Is that attending or modelling or both? both. Right. But mostly attending. Yeah. Our model, we have... I think we had about 12 models. I'm not sure about that number. It's, it's a lot of fun. And again, um, some of our sponsors like Cayman Distributors Group gave us all of the Rufino for free. Oh, My goodness, they really step up to, the, yeah. uh, up to us. It's, we yeah, really we appreciate that. Some lovely yeah. gift bags, were they? From oh, them? yes. What's the name of the people that gave the gift bags? The L'Oreal gift bags yeah, for everybody. Yeah. 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 Nice. Now, not only that, but people from around, how it works is the pink ladies put out a cry, send us your, your gently used upmarket clothes, and they deposit them in, in certain locations around the island, and we collect them and sort them, and then model them and sell them for rock bottom prices. I mean, the shirts go for $5 each, and the, some of the shirts are well over $100 shirts. Uh, it's just a, it's a barganza. Yeah, yeah. Great <laughs> and the, the women love it. And then there's bubbly all the time. There's also nibbles, um, appetizers that we serve. It's a lot of fun. There's music. Uh, it's a great event. And the nice thing about it is that it's picked up some of the some of the loss we made from the coffee shop because mm -hmm. at the time all we had was the for income was the Christmas bazaar. Mm -hmm. which we can speak about later. But this, actually, the income equals the Christmas Bazaar. So that's been very, very helpful for us. Yeah, because, that's incredible. Yeah, because we, we make it and we give it away, as I mentioned before. Yeah. So what specific projects do you give the, the fundraising, well, proceeds away to? And I know you, you do work for the Pines and various other entities, as you say. So what, where specifically does it go? What does the money get used for? Who benefits? Well, I think primarily, as I said, our sort of core group of, because we were set up originally under the umbrella of the NCVO, um, so the Pines, the NCVO, are the organisations that we primarily primarily support, right? Correct. We also support the Lighthouse Club on a regular, uh, the light, sorry, the Lighthouse School on a regular basis. 
and Special Olympics. So that's sort of kind of linked in those two, you know, special needs and that. Right, Special Olympics. We, you yeah. know, we also have Lady Pink. Oh, Lady Pink, the iguana. She's a blue iguana, but she's called Lady of Pink. So that's <laughs> obviously the iguana program out at the Botanic Park through the National Trust. Yeah. Um, and then there's others that, that will come up. Um, you know, it might be something for the Cancer Society or Jasmine or, you know, other, other charities on R- island. Right, um, and, and music. We, we have oh, the, been, yes. We've been working with... Um, Cayman Arts Festival right. to sponsor students through that wow. program. So what happens is the, peop- the charities, before we, when we, before we decide on who we're going to give the money to and divide it up, what, what we have, they come to us and they say, this is, this is what we need, can you help us? Oh, the YMCA also oh, is YMCA, one of them. Yes. And so we, we read what they need and uh, we see how much we have and, and as I said, we divide it up as equally or as, as much as we can. Not equally because most of it goes to the Pines and the NCVO. That's, yeah. that's our main focus. That's incredible. So a huge breadth of different types of programs and people mm-hmm. that you help. Can anyone apply or do they have to be a registered charity in order to be able to benefit? I think probably they would have to be a registered. We don't, we don't, we, we do, do not help individuals. Yeah. Because um, that just opens you up to all sorts of requests and things that we probably couldn't handle. Administer, but but yeah. for example, through Cayman's Arc, which is another entity that charity that we support, and they would be helping someone who's um, in, in distress or whatever, and, and we could donate through Cayman's Art to, yeah. to help someone that way. So um, I think, yeah, primarily through registered charities, not profits, yeah. Tell me about um, the Pines and NCVO. Obviously, those are the main beneficiaries of the charity. What, do, what specifically do they benefit? Well, we just we donate funds to them. They might have pro- ongoing projects. Um, and the Pines, I know, is in the middle of a um, new a program to build a new. Um, I think it's an assist, like an assisted living building. So that's mm-hmm. obviously a major investment they're putting in. Um, the NCVO have ongoing prom- programs that they do with the um, preschool and the foster home, and they are always in desperate need of funds. So we just. Try to help them. We don't. We're not necessarily active, actively involved in the day-to-day running of those entities, but we're there on the sidelines to, to support. And occasionally we'll do, maybe offer volunteer services. We provide. Um, we do a birthday lunch for the Pines, um, one one Saturday in a year. And various. I know various other charities do the same. It's divided up throughout the year. So, um, we also did the seniors' tea for the last tea, few yes. years. Yeah. Right. And uh, my goodness, we had a lot of seniors show up for that tea. <laughs> we made all the sandwiches uh, and the drinks, and we served the seniors that came from all over the island. They were bust in. My goodness. Oh, I'll bet about 150 yeah. of them showed up. Wow. A lot so of that's them what we'll do. We'll do. We'll do events. We'll donate funds, but we're not involved in the day-to-day running of, the, yeah. of those entities. Yeah. Well, just yeah. from touching, well, scratching the surface of all the things that you do, how do you keep up with the demand? How do you get enough volunteers? volunteers engaged and ready and willing to volunteer um well i suppose that is a bit of a struggle but we're trying to try to i suppose we try to have our key events and people know mm-hmm. about them so the fashion show is one which is earlier in the year that's usually march time and then and our traditionally our biggest event has been the christmas bazaar which usually happens towards the end of november around about thanksgiving or early december and that's been going forever since the early 80s i think it started not long after the pink ladies were formed 
Um, that's now a big event. It's been held at the ARC at Commander Bay, or the mm-hmm. uh, International School, for a number of years, apart from COVID, when we actually were m- able to organise smaller bazaars in outdoor settings a couple of times, weren't we, out on the Paseo at Commander right. Bay, yeah, one, we, in the, we one of the garden. On. We yeah. carried on as best we could. <laughs> um, and that's a great event, and I think a lot of people look forward to that. It's a very traditional Christmas event. Um, again, you have the Pink Ladies tea served. It's a, for a five dollar ticket. It's an absolute bargain. Yeah. No, tell me a bit more about the bazaar. What sandwiches, what cakes, people get? and tea, and that. And then there's Christmas entertainment um, on the stage. There's a variety of stalls. So the Pink Ladies have a fantastic craft group, which great, the most amazing handicrafts and gifts that are available for sale. We have a country kitchen stall, which is jams and preserves, cakes, whatever. Um, and then we invite other charities actually to join in that because we felt that Pink Ladies couldn't man all the stalls that we needed. So we have um, hospice come and have a stall. The NCVO has a stall. I think occasionally we've had Humane Society, Cayman's Art. Sorry. YMCA. YMCA. So they all come and, and join in and, and offer, whether it's children's activities or book sale or... Um, white elephant bric-a-brac stall things like that so yeah the ncvo has a big white elephant stall. so they're all part of the christmas so, it's, so the pink ladies oversee the whole thing organize the whole thing but we involve other charities and whatever they make on the day they get to keep so. yeah fantastic and that's yeah. your biggest fundraiser of the year right it's a traditionally it has been but i think the fashion show and the bazaar are pretty much on a par now aren't they that's right with, with the amount they raise yeah and we mustn't forget the Garden Club because the Garden Club has a very big plant sale and they give everything back to us that they yeah. make. Yeah. We really That's part of the Christmas that. Bazaar too. Right. So. right. Amazing. So people should go along. Five, five dollars a ticket, did you say? Yep. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And so that was Olive Miller who said she mm-hmm. wanted to keep it low because she wanted everybody to be able to afford it. Yeah. In the, pa- in the recent past, people have said, why not raise it to ten dollars? But we, we have Olive in our hearts, and oh. she's always said $5, and I don't know, maybe Suppose. one day it'll change, but presently, <laughs> yeah. and until, until it changes, it'll be $5 yeah. for a ticket. Well, that's wonderful. I'll be going this year. <laughs> it's so much fun. The it's entertainment fun. is yes. incredible. Yeah. I mean, we have the National Choir. The, wow. um, we have orchestras from the high school, mm-hmm. jazz bands performing. We have violinists performing. We have Christmas music throughout. And the the raffles, we had $3,000 worth of raffle. Wow. Uh, I think there were 20, 23 different baskets of raffle. And that's thanks to so many small businesses all mm-hmm. over the island saying, yes, Pink Ladies, we'll give to you. And they give us so many wonderful things that we're able to raffle off. Yeah, that's so wonderful. And so where can people find out about when it takes place and how to get tickets? Good question. <laughs> we do advertise on our Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Uh, we advertise, we, we set up stalls where we sell the tickets. So we have stalls uh, a month in advance selling tickets. That's at various supermarkets, outside That's the supermarkets. And yep. that, also at Kamana Bay. Right. And I have to say, thanks to Dart, he gives us the ARC for free, mm. which is a very big donation too. Yeah. And they let us sell our tickets there. Last year, we, sell, we sold them at Halloween time and gave away pink candies to the children, which was so much fun. <laughs> Only to the children. <laughs> <laughs> why is the work that you guys do, that the pink ladies do, why is it so important? It's important to give back. We have so much. It's important to give back. And there are so many charities that, that give back. And if we can help them give back, that's, that's what it's about. You know, you... 
you can't give back if your fist is closed, as they say. Mm-hmm. You have to open your hand to give back. And, and hopefully, yeah. that's what the pink ladies do. Not only the pink ladies, but so many charities on the island are the same. Yeah, and with a united front as well. I mean, the charities, as you said, work together. Yeah, I think it's very important, to, and it makes you part of a community, mm-hmm. um, definitely. And I uh, think if you've lived here for any length of time, it's it's great to be to be part of the community. And it, it's also about it's about camaraderie as well amongst the ladies yes. and um, all that friendship and mm-hmm. yeah, giving back definitely. So, do you know off the top of your head? Obviously, it's been. 40 plus years, but do you know off the top of your head how much over the years the Pink Ladies might have raised? Well, I had a good go at trying to oh. find out when, <laughs> when we published the book um, in 2020 for our 40th anniversary. And I think a rough calculation then was around about $2 million CI at that time. Um, and it's carried on. So, it's, yeah. you know, that's pretty reasonable good work (laughs) great work you mentioned the book Jane yes tell us about the book the book that you wrote well I just decided um to do a history I wanted to do a history of the pink ladies and the 40th it was our 40 coming up to our 40th anniversary um and it was something I wanted to do basically before Olive left us (laughs) um which sadly she did just before the book was published um that was just to give a, a history, to try and keep some record keeping of... I mean, the Pink Ladies have actually been very good over the years of keeping records. Um, one of our ladies, Pamela Delissa, has kept um, scrapbooks and photo albums and press cuttings and all sorts of things over the years. So it was, it was quite a good project to go back, and I found lots of information, historical information. And I just thought to have it somewhere where people could see it, look at it, enjoy it, remember it, all those kind of things. And yeah. it was just something I was quite passionate about and wanted to do. So, Are people able to buy the book? Is it for sale? Uh, it still is for sale. I still have about half a dozen copies left if anybody's interested. Um, I think we, I don't know, we sold probably maybe 100 plus. I can't remember how yeah. many we did a print run of, of them. But, um, yeah, just it, it, it's also a little glimpse into Cayman life over the years as well. Yeah, absolutely, so, yeah. Which is quite fun. Wonderful. Yeah. All the photographs in there. I love looking yes. at old photographs from yes. previous yes times yeah it's all in there yeah. and people will reach out to you via your website if they're interested in buying the book or uh, donating through, or volunteering. Um, we have a facebook page which is probably the best way to reach us i imagine um, yeah. and, and instagram as well we're right up there with social media <laughs> trying to good be. work <laughs> it's a full-time job these days. <laughs> it is um so yeah people can can find us that way for sure great yeah now i want to move on um if i may and focus on the work that you do for seniors which um of course you do um Tell me what you feel about this. I mean, it seems to me that social isolation has become an increasing issue for seniors, particularly since the pandemic. Um, Tell me a little bit about what the Pink Ladies do to alleviate that. I mean, obviously, you you talked about the tea that you that you held and 150 seniors showed up for that. So perhaps that speaks volumes as to the need for connection that perhaps some people may feel is lacking. Good point. Good point. Well, one thing that we started is bingo. Oh, yes. Oh, at, at, um, Jasmine. Jasmine, at Jasmine. Mm-hmm. And um, it started very small. Uh, it was more word of mouth. We would have maybe two or three ladies show up. I think the, la- the last few months has been 20 men and women, not just women. And I think because we also provide food, we, we provide cakes and cookies and sandwiches, um, and we have g- games of bingo, and we have little prizes for them as well. It's a really fun 
afternoon. It happens yeah. once a month. That's on a Wednesday, is it? I think it's a Wednesday. I think it's yes. a Wednesday. Yeah, yes. yes. once but, a month. But yeah. I can't remember. It's one, one Wednesday a month. Mm-hmm. A specific mm-hmm. Wednesday. I can't remember which one. It's either I think the it's first or the last. Yeah. I forget I which. Think it, I think yeah. it might be the first. We'll have yeah. to check with Selma Silva. She's the one that organizes it. She's a wonderful organizer with the Pink Ladies. And that is, you know, wide open. And it's at Jasmine. And, and Jasmine caters to the seniors. So we're just very happy to be a part of that. That's fantastic. Yeah, so I think between that and the tea, we do the tea, the seniors' tea, and then the Pines birthday lunch. So I think those are the things that we're mostly involved with. And, yeah. But yes, I mean, I kind of agree that, especially after COVID, the um, mm. isolation, I think, is a big problem amongst the older folk. Definitely. Yeah. We're also organizing women to help out at the Pines um, every lunchtime so that the receptionists can get a break and have a lunch so we're, so it's it's been slow to get the, the to get our volunteers to go but we intend to do it five days a week in the future well, that's fantastic and that increases social connections again with new people going in and mm-hmm. meeting the people at the mm-hmm. pines yeah um you've spoken about the work that you do we've spoken about some of the things that Jasmine does. Are you aware of any other charities on Ireland that are helping seniors? Obviously, Meals on Wheels. Meals does on Wheels, I think, would be the main one. Oh, for one. sure, mm-hmm. um, absolutely. I'm sure Rotary, I think Rotary do quite a lot. They certainly do a, I know they do a sort of Boxing Day lunch for seniors, and I'm sure that there's many more things that they do. So Cayman is the most amazing community mm. for caring, and um, if you're in need, there's plenty of help out there for you. And people yeah volunteering and yeah and i mean there's mit, the, the lions club does a the lot lions, too yeah, Kiwanis, <laughs> Kiwanis, Kiwanis, yeah. yeah. so other than volunteering what can the rest of us as members of society do to alleviate social isolation not just among seniors but generally in your views Ooh. <laughs> well you know being a senior myself <laughs> it's a struggle particularly with with um even the more elderly, uh, figuring out social media. Right. So if it, was, if it was possible for younger people or even middle-aged people <laughs> to help them out with social media, mm. I think that's one of the reasons that they feel isolated because the world is moving so fast with social media. Every year there's something new and new gadgets, new, new downloads on your computer. A lot of seniors don't even have computers. So, right. Um, Although I think that's changing if they're living with a family mm. because the, the families would hopefully have a phone and a... I mean, b- before we, we just had landlines, right? Correct. Now there's iPhones and I mean, all kinds of Android phones that people use. And yeah. the seniors, I think, are overwhelmed with this new technology. Yeah. Yes, it's quite difficult. If you don't know how to use a mobile phone, um, so much of what we need to do nowadays is... Is is web based? You know, yes. oh, go to our link on our well, website. Well, sometimes or you go can't even make a call. Or you actually have to go through you know, an app or a website. If you've never grown yeah. up with that sort of technology, and yeah, you, yeah as you say, as you've seen and now, it's probably quite difficult to handle all that. So, do you see yeah. a space in society for, for example, a buddy system where somebody younger or middle aged or somebody who's got awareness of how smartphones and things work, for them to pair up with a senior and for them to show them how these things work? As long as there's. Re- as they are receptive, the seniors yeah. are receptive. I think mm. some of them just don't want to try to learn 
these things, but there are, must be so many that really would be receptive. If not only not only because someone would be coming and visiting them um, and helping them and perhaps having tea with them, but teaching them something new. I think that would be an excellent idea. Yeah. And then it follows that perhaps if it's somebody particularly younger, they could perhaps benefit from learning from the senior about communication without a smartphone (laughs) stuck to their forehead. That's right. I think in some countries, I think Japan comes to mind and probably others, they they have seniors and... Um, preschool kids or young kids, yes, uh, in right. a, in a same in an same facility together or an mm. environmental mixing, so that um, the seniors sort of entertained by the younger kids and the younger kids get. That's that right. I've seen there. something similar. Seen something where about that, I think toddlers be, yeah. go into homes where yeah. seniors are yeah. living and they spend time together, together. and the laughter between mm-hmm. both sets of yeah. groups. Is phenomenal, and equally, I think I've seen this where cats are taken in. Cats, dogs, yes, yes. everything. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you think that that's something that could happen here in the Cayman Islands? Wouldn't that be nice? I know that they're building, uh, building as Jane mentioned, mm. uh, a new uh, um, part of the pines. Wouldn't it be mm. nice if they could put in a? Well, you know what? The NCVO has the young children there. Yeah, and. I know Miss Olive used to go and sit in the playground with the children at the NCVO. And And, and, um, Pam Webster, who is now the CEO of NCVO, Mm -hmm. used to, and I'm not sure if she still does, go into the pines and do crafts with children, with the the seniors. Yes, she did, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So because the NCVO is is adjacent to the pines, that would be, that might be... uh, that might be a possibility. Well, there you go. We've just come up with an idea. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it be wonderful if we could make it happen? <laughs> so other than social isolation, what are some of the other issues that older people face for your charity? Yeah. What are some of the, the hurdles, perhaps, that your clients, as in the people that benefit from your funds, what are the things that they face? Isolation, I think. Yeah. Okay. So that really is the main thing. It's one of them, if not the main thing, yes. So back to helping seniors, are there some ways that you can think of that we can give seniors a voice? Because, you know, they have so much wisdom, experience, many years on the rest of us that we could all learn from. How can we give them that voice so that we can learn from them? Oh, wouldn't it be nice if we could bundle up the wisdom of the ages (laughs) and spread it to our youth? Jane, I feel another book is in order. Well, another book. I think actually that I don't that how recent it is, but the National Archive were doing a series of interviews um, with older folk and recording history and that so and stories from times gone by, Um, and I think they've got pretty good records in the archive of that kind of thing. So, but as you say, giving them a voice now, what they want now, it's a tricky one. Well, you know, there's Gimme Story. And that is really big, I think, for seniors. What's that, sorry? Gimme story. Okay. Well, explain what that is. Well, are we still doing it? Because good old COVID happened and everything stopped. I think so. The Cultural Cultural Foundation do it. It's stories. They'll go to a location one evening and um, an old-time, say, old-time Caymanian, that sounds not quite the right way to describe it, but we'll tell stories of, yeah, either folk stories or stories of times gone by and yeah. things like that. So It was very well received, yeah. actually, mm. and it happened. 
it happened, I think, one week or two weeks of the year. Yes, and, and it was part in, of some other cultural foundation event that was going on. I'm I think sure. so. It was in various mm. parts of the island. It was mm. very interesting. Yeah. Because these are stories that the people telling them grew up with themselves yes. and then they're yeah. passing these on. Yeah. I mean, I went to a fascinating talk. Actually, it was at the National Gallery and it was wives of the, of the guys that used to go to sea on the merchant marine ships. Right. So these were the wives wow. left at home. Mm. And their stories were incredible about life here and how harsh it was, really, yeah. and where, where women did absolutely everything back mm -hmm. in the day because the, the men were away. They were away at sea, they were quite away literally. At yeah. sea, so... Um, I mean, that was a really interesting talk. Yeah. Well, it's something that yeah. perhaps we can bring back. Yeah. Yeah. I think the National Gallery does work, uh, that kind of work as well. Yeah. They do, because I think they have seniors' art afternoons, events, and that. Um, it's a matter well. of letting the seniors know no. that it's happening. Yeah. Because, of course, it's advertised on social media. Right, and we're back to that again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm hmm. Hmm. What would be some of the other ways that we might be able to tell seniors? I suppose telling them in person through the work that you do, that your charity does. Yeah, and, and I guess ra radio stations, obviously. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think a lot of people still listen to um, the radio. Mm -hmm. um, so is there a telephone number? If somebody listening to this show right now, whether they're a senior or just somebody who wants connection, who wants to reach out, who's feeling isolated, is there a number for the Pink Ladies that they can call? Ooh, that's a good question. We have, that's a problem as well. Of course, we have, we have social media. We right. have Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> and apart from us, there's our individual personal phone numbers. Mm. And we don't have a sort of central yeah, contact okay. number. I mean, I know, I think my number's obviously listed somewhere because occasionally I do get calls about pe from people saying, is this the pink ladies? Yeah. Um, so obviously my mobile number is listed yeah. so in some places. But for which somebody, is fine. I don't mind mm. at all. And then I'll direct them to whether yeah. it's... You know, to if someone if someone's interested in doing crafts, we have our craft group on a Tuesday, mm -hmm. and I can direct them. Or if it's someone that wants to help with the bazaar, or someone that's interested in how do I get tickets for the fashion show or anything, you know, I can directly yeah. directly direct the inquiries to the right person. That's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. and Jasmine might be a yes, might a good, be yes. a, a, good a good contact. Yeah, because they could direct them to Bingo, and from Bingo we could just talk to them and tell them, yeah. you know, this is what we do. Would, are you handy at crafts? Would you like to help us with crafts? We're yes. always looking for people who are willing to do crafts with us. And they, our craft group meets every Tuesday morning, mm -hmm. I believe, oh, all fantastic. morning. And then after, after that, quite often, some of the ladies go out for lunch. Oh, marvellous. That's so lovely. And the number for Jasmine, I have that here. That's 9457447. So if anybody wants to reach out to Jasmine, and you can do that um, via the telephone, and you can get to the Pink Ladies through them as well. That's 9457447. So is there anything else that you would like to say? And in addition to that, if Olive was here, is there anything that she would like you to say on her behalf? You know what comes to mind is being genteel, being kind. Mm. That is, it seems to be becoming lost these days. And in, in, you know, we, there's always the good old days. When I was a child, my, ch my parents talked about the good old days, and they always <laughs> seemed always. long ago. Mm. But we're losing some kindness. We're losing some genteel. We're losing some charitable works. Mm. And I know that, that Miss Olive would have loved to see the kindness that the Pink Ladies are hopefully known for continue. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think just encourage people, if you live here, get involved. Yeah. I think whatever it is, and whatever your passion is, and it, it may be Pink Ladies or it may be Humane Society or it may be, you know, whatever, Rotary or whatever, but be part of the community. I think that's really important. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a fantastic note to end on. Thank you so much, Faye and Jane and the Pink Ladies. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you very us. much for having us. Thank you all so much for tuning in and for listening to Shuvra Deb with you. And please do tune in every Thursday at 2pm on Bobo FM 89.1 for more topics related to and relevant to mental health. If any of you would like to reach out to me directly about any of the issues I've discussed, please do email me at shuvradeb82 at gmail.com that's spelt S-H-U-V-R-A-D-E-B, the numbers 82 at gmail.com. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening.